0: Now more than ever, the industry that fuels the world needs the right people to modernize and unify a global energy platform. The transformation is both digital and cultural. Join us as we explore strategies for success in the hyper-competitive war for talent here
1: on the Energy Workforce for Tomorrow podcast, hosted by the IBM North American oil
0: and gas team,
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Energy Workforce of Tomorrow, sponsored by Ericsson. I'm here with one of my work colleagues, Jerry Lewis, again. Good afternoon, Jason. And guess what? We brought the Scotsman back, Jerry. Oh,
1: I thought, I thought we weren't going to do that for at least a few months. Try to let the
2: microphone rest. David Reed.
0: It is David Reed, yes. Good afternoon from it's the
2: Europe Room in NOV. It is the Europe Room. Welcome back, ha- David.
0: Luckily, we're from Scotland, which is not in Europe. So,
2: How is it to be in Europe today?
0: Um, it is a lot warmer than it is <laughs> in Europe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True story. Indeed. It's late afternoon.
0: Yeah.
2: David, today we were going to talk about um, NOV, role in ESG, and then the sort of talking about the workforce of tomorrow what type of people do we need to attract our industry Um, first of all what's NOV's role in ESG can you explain that slightly
0: no Okay. not easily what's our Our, role in ESG it's a it's a buzzword but um, yeah let's talk about three buzzwords yeah three different buzzwords yeah Yeah. the last one G we're probably not going to talk about so stay out of jail yeah stay out of jail that's That's easy for a Scotsman it is so, um, environmental is really interesting. There's a lot of really good things going on in that space and social is another good subject that we can dive into. So let me talk to environmental. Well, I mean, we're, there's things we're all doing cause we have to do. So yep. there's, there's like reporting and all that fun, which also means everyone's watching We're we're all dealing with, uh, pressure from the market yep. to do more in this space. Um, but for us, actually, a number of years ago, we started looking at renewables. Funnily enough, strategically, we started to think, "Nov makes things," and a lot of people will ask from our workforce standpoint, you know, because we've we've we're known as one of the companies making money in renewables, which is a highly differentiated state, and <laughs> um, most people are making press releases. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been an interesting thing, but. Um,
1: What's an example of how you're making money in
2: renewables?
0: Well, we, we make things and we sell them. So,
2: that's a simple way. A, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I, I'm trying to keep it simple. IBM don't know how deep you go into the renewable space. but
1: Well, what are some of the renewables that you're well, making and selling?
0: So the thing that the thing we've done best at is um, installation vessels. So it's if you look at drilling rigs, they're jack-ups, and the installation for uh, wind towers are jack-ups. So we have a uh, uh, more than our fair share of uh, design and lifting systems and jacking systems that we make. And so it's great business. That's the, it is owned by our rig business. And for, I think, about over a year now, it has been bigger than our rig business, and this year it will double in size. Uh, they also have a floating design that, um, that's uh, going to come to the market. And when that comes, that's a, that, that scales up. Uh, to some really big numbers for us. So that those are really healthy businesses. We're in other things. I mean, we, we really started to spend our time looking at, we took a uh, one of our best design groups and we uh, put them in a place far away from town, kind of locked them in a room and said, okay, take any renewable application and find a way to cut the cost in half.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so they started in, inventing and um, in that process, they uh, they really broke through some things. But the problem we have is we're having good ideas. Uh, we're showing, we're proving them out. And, and the market um, would look at our, we were called National Oval Varco, then our full name. And people would be like, are, are you lost? You know,
2: are you? So you were already on this journey before ESG and... Before there was... Before there was even phrase. the ESG, yeah, we
0: we were. I don't think it was deep across the company, but we, I, I certainly was of the mindset that this is such a growing market, you need to come and play. And I knew we had great inventors, so yeah, we started looking at it before our company even knew mm-hmm. at any length we were doing things. And then a number of years ago, I was touring Europe, and every dinner, every person there has to be dinner there because they're so polite in the daytime, but. Bit of drinking, you know, they'll start talking, and they would say, you know, we've got to do something in this space. And basically, their kids hated them. They're like, we're we're not Mm. welcome at home anymore because we work in oil and gas. (laughs) Yeah, and um, that that got me thinking. You know, we've been doing this R and D work. It's time to pull it together and bring it to the surface and and Mm. tell our at least tell our people and gather. So we did a think tank. Um, meeting uh, before COVID and got everyone together and kind of said, okay, where are we? What are we doing? What could we be doing? And we kind of developed an energy transition strategy that that kind of looked at what uh, what have we got in existing equipment and systems and how can we make them more efficient and be better uh, at how much carbon we're using Mm. in this space. And then we looked at what things are we doing that we could take to other markets mm-hmm. and and kind of support? What technologies will actually cross over into the renewable space? And then what things could we do that are just complete breakthrough in the renewable space? And, and the logic was when you come to market and your national level of ARCO, everyone's like, you can't be doing renewables, you know, you know, you <laughs> saw your middle name, didn't you? And so, so we went to Nov. That was about twenty fourteen. Yep. And, uh, and we started to do more and more of these, these things purposefully. The whole team wanted to tell the world after we had that meeting, we had about 30 people in a room, over a hundred people wanted to be in that room, particularly cause it was in Europe and a lot of people wanted to talk about it. But, um, once we realized what we had, it's a really easy move for us, um, because, uh, what they needed was people who make things, people who know how to do offshore work. Was specifically something around seven years ago that was asked of us: Can you bring those skills into this space? So there was kind of a pull, a natural pull. Um, but but everyone would say, How do your employees deal with the new world of of renewables when they're yeah. in it? Uh, it's not new for us. It's making things. So it's really it was really quite good for us because we're not selling energy and we're moving from oil to. To electricity we're not doing any of that stuff so we're we're uh yeah we're doing all sorts of things in these different spaces about nine businesses made it out of that that were like here's some healthy businesses we can play in uh three of which were already up and running and the rest have been coming along
2: how, how easy then david is it to attract the right people you talked about national all well, varco mm. the industry sort of with a, a bad name just now mm. you and i are getting and jerry Although he looks a bit younger than us. I think he is younger. I think he mm. is younger actually. Let's
0: not bring that up.
2: We'll bring it up at the end of the We'll we'll try him on some pop questions. Good call. But how mm. do we get how do you get to the point of bringing mini Jasons, mini Davids, mini Jerrys to the sort of to the table and 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 attracting them rather than them going to finance, distribution, utilities, mm. et cetera?
0: It's funny cuz we talked about this before but I think culture wins over everything. Um and job markets are job markets. So Yeah. There is a, I'd rather not, and there's definitely, in different cultures, it's different. Norway, particularly for us right now, is really difficult because their messaging inside of the country has been all about energy transition, bad oil, which the whole country is healthy. The, you mean the, go-
1: the government's messaging or, the, or Norway's the whole like
0: culture has been moving towards... Country's culture, not mm, Norway's culture. Yeah, I mean, European culture has been going that way. Mm-hmm. The U.S. has started to go that way. And, but just a general oil bad, we should mm-hmm. stop oil, oil now. So I, I would just say a miseducation of people um, of who we are, which is, is a true thing to learn that there are bad things that have happened with oil over years. But but the time I've been in it, it's just been fantastic human beings who care about the environment, care about what they do. And so a lot of that is, is getting people to know you and who you really are. Um, but uh, in those areas, they. Because we went through a sharp downturn, Norway felt it really badly, mm. and it's particularly in our company. So there's a lot of PR kind of feeling like we need to clean up what people think we are. Um, so that that's that's that country. Um,
2: is N O V any different though to the oil and gas industry? That's that's what everyone's feeling just now. Well, they?
0: Norway was just a bit more extreme. Mm. So it, it, it is a general issue. It is for sure a general issue, and we hear people. When people leave oil and gas, they usually go into renewables, or they go into yep. you know Apple or Google or well that's yep. what they imagine. We are seeing a change. I don't know if you're seeing this. We're seeing a, actually a return in our company where people are like, "Oh, I didn't know that other companies could be." That we call awful. them
2: boomerangs.
0: Yeah, yeah. I so can see it. Some
2: of it works, some it is work, doesn't. But that's people going out, having that experience, and coming back. Yeah. It's healthy.
0: Yeah, I think it's okay. It can be odd because people, people get a pay rise by doing it. And so it's the people who stay. Hold on, how a, do you do that? Apparently, that's <laughs> how they do it. So, so I think there's an issue there of making sure, because you had this like starved of cash business. And so there's a little bit of that catch up you have to do and we're all having to do it. Hmm. So that, you know, you're rewarding the people who stuck with you, you know, the rewarding people who use that mechanism. It's okay, but but certainly loyalty deserves, you know, some attention. So there's, there's all that to go through.
1: S- since I've started working with you, David, in my capacity at IBM, and with your team, I've heard many folks say, Hey, we're not an oil and gas company. We're a manufacturer. Is that part of the attempt to let's say unbrand from oil and gas, or is that just what you are? No,
0: it, it is just what we are, but, but it is, because once again, we're not we're not heavy messengers. Mm. We don't tell people, "Hey, when someone says oil and gas, you say <laughs> potato." Like mm. we don't we're not we're not teaching people not that potato is the right thing to say. Tomato, potato, to, you know, whatever. But um, but but yeah, we're we're not doing that. But it is natural to us because, and once again, internal messaging. I mean, I've made videos and we've talked about it, and we let people people when we do internal shows. It's the number one thing people want to know about when we put put the. You know the CEO CFO out there and say, okay talk to the company they all want to know what are we doing with renewables it's what are we doing with energy transition so um, I think it has come home as kids are are thinking about it and it's become a, a you know a, a worldwide concern um, everybody wants to know what can I do in that space so
1: I, I read uh, the sustainability report we talked about this before mm. maybe a, a few weeks ago and I know that in in your senior ranks, Uh, NOV is definitely focused on energy transition, sustainability, write a report about it um, every Mm. quarter, give updates. Is that something that most of the company
0: knows about? Um, It is something we want them to know about. This is last sustainability report we sent to every employee's home. Um,
2: So like a hard copy.
0: Yeah. Like the past. Yeah. Like in the mail.
2: Like the yellow pages we used like to get. Like the yellow scrolled. pages.
0: Wow. We didn't send the yellow pages, which is unfortunate because it could be useful for other <laughs> things. Anyway, um, no, we did. Yeah, it was it was important. And even in a group of leaders who weren't so sure, you know, which I would say a lot of them were reluctantly moving this way. They're like, they, they understand now. This is really important. And really, that's part of my job is to be looking for the future before it comes and starting to seed things and grow things so that when it comes time for, to be at a place where we're making healthy money in that space, um, it's, it's pretty cool. Cause my, this is funny, when we did the European kind of review of where we're going, everyone said, can't we do a press release? Cause that's what everyone was doing. And I said, this is, this is a problem with clay this is my boss. I'm like, he, he likes to tell the truth. It gets us in all sorts of trouble for mm. a while. <laughs> Should we
1: cut that out of the
0: podcast? No, no, no. But it, it's really weird because we got punished when we were going through hard times. And he's like, I think it's still going to be hard. And every other CEO is like, we're almost out. Mm. And then they just mm. our stock takes a tank because and then eventually they go, oh, he was telling the truth. And so it's it's a reality that he like if we go up and it's it's unjustified in our stock, it bothers him. Hmm. He's like, Oh, that's the market taking a lead that we can't live up to. You know, he's really he's really strong on on integrity and, and doing the right thing and and so we had to tell him, We're not doing press here's how you get a press release out. Mm. Go and sell something. And they were like, Oh, it's that easy. Yeah, go and so they did. And as we did, we started telling some stories of things we were doing. Um but yeah, there's there's a there's a ton of things still coming, which is nice. We have a nice mm. supply chain of new ideas and breakthroughs and
1: just a little transition. Is it an energy transition? Well, kind of. <laughs> or is it digital? It's, it's in support of energy transition. Okay. I'm curious as for, to your opinion <laughs> about what the, the super major's are making a lot of noise about net zero by 2050, mm. all their programs, but we don't see investment that matches that ambition yet. What's yeah. your opinion on how real that is?
0: It's a, um, it, it's, it paints them in a corner to do something. Mm-hmm. so they don't they don't have a choice um but I, I think you're right they're not doing as much I, I when I talk to some of them they have some ideas and some things they're doing but most of them are like kind of like the the government has a few programs they fund and I'm like oh or startups you're like oh this is, this is that's at least 10 yeah. years away mm-hmm. if if maybe you know and so um is it enough well it will be i, I we we visited Ecuador and Orsted, early cause they were moving into wind and I was just fascinated by what are you thinking? And Orsted were like, used to be Danish oil and natural mm-hmm. gas. And now not They're, You're not even, if you work in oil and gas, we don't want to work with you. And um, Equinor a bit wiser. We're kind of like, we're going to have to do this oil and gas thing cause we're Norway and we're living off of it, but we need to do this other work. So, um, I was really fascinated by why. And, and at the time their answers they gave me weren't, weren't sufficient. Um, but, Um, as I watched like BP, for example, buying into their, their wind fields, I'm like, Ooh, carbon credits are going to be worth a lot. that was, that was pretty smart. Mm. People are going to have to buy into the, if you, if you come out early, even if it's more expensive early, which most of this stuff is people are going to desperately need to find a way to, to balance themselves out. So I, I believe you're going to see, it's not, I don't think you'll see great investment and invention from oil companies because um, it's not their core competency mm-hmm. at all. They, I mean, they definitely say that's their core competency, but it's not. Um, they're going to use other mechanisms, and you're going to see that come to light in the next five years. There'll they'll be things that I think will surprise you about how they behave and the things that they do, but they have to because they've painted themselves in a corner. Yeah. For people like us, that's fantastic. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the, it's funny. People ask, you know, you're working with oil and gas. How's that in energy transition? And I'm like, we're generally not. We're working with other people. We're working with governments. We're working with other developers, and uh, we've had. That's where we've had learning. Is uh, we've had to learn these other players. Um, but what we did learn is their behavior is a joy to be in for us. I mean, from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. we've been used to a very developed structure where we're the bottom of the barrel, right? We're the ones who are being squeezed by everybody and trying to survive, and so it's not not that much fun. When we come to the table and people go, well, all I have is money. (laughs) And you're like, oh, well, all I have is a plan. You know, you're like, well, we can make things. What? You make things? Do you want to be our partner? (laughs) And we're like, well, yeah. We're the superstars because we can actually do things. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been kind of relegated in the oil and gas business as the, yeah, you're the necessary evil. Whereas now we're like, we can execute large projects really well and we become quite attractive in that space so it's been kind of fun it's still it's all too slow Uh and governments are trying to ramp up and they're trying to throw cash at things they don't even understand infrastructure is a huge challenge on every single front um but they're going after it and and even when i had this we did have this business conversation at a high level um they'd be like where is the business in this i'm like you're asking the wrong question Mm -hmm this is going to happen. Do you want the money? Because we can solve this. And it's become a a battle cry for the company that our world needs us. And in our internal um, conversations, I mean, Clay is always, we need you. The world needs you right now. This is like a wartime response to energy Mm -hmm. and oil and gas and uh, all of the renewables and everything else we can do. We are going to have to work really hard up ahead and so for us, we're geared like crazy for growth because we think the world's gonna need it and if we don't supply, we're gonna have problems. So it's a really quite uh, interesting time. So
1: it seem, seemed like with that that mandate that you've just painted for yourself that you'd be able to go out to market and say, hey, if you wanna be part of making the world better, we're in a fantastic position to make sure. that happen and it could be yeah. a part of your, your marketing message for attracting talent.
0: Sure, it, it is our story, it's not it, you know, it's weird because we don't think, what's our marketing message for attracting <laughs> talent? We don't. We, we do. And we, we did this before when we were looking for talent. We go to universities and we sent groups of people that were very indicative of who we are and very unprofessional and a ton of fun. And we all went on these trips to see colleges and we met these really dark gray suit people who were just boring and didn't like each other. Hmm. And we learned that about it when we went out, like the thing that's attractive is we have a lot of fun and love what we do and and that's attractive. It doesn't matter what you do but but the the bigger why is good but but the the truth of who you are and people seeing it is what attracts it's, people.
2: It's just reminded me i mean it's the same as oil and gas. It's just going back to your point, Jerry, but you made me think, David two minutes ago that the best project that I ever got involved in that I could staff and people felt great was with bP. Petro-Vietnam and Statoil, we found our gas 320 clicks away from Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh relies on hydropower. Um, during the dry season, th- there'd be a ticker take if anyone took tick, a tape on the television saying, switch it off, we need to conserve mm. um, energy. This gas was brought on to An Phu, fed Ho Chi Minh, kept it kept the city running. What mm. a great project. And no, maybe that a- type of thing, We've d- so that, wasn't, that was an oil and gas project. 20 yeah. years ago but it was great marketing and the amount of people that really wanted to get involved in that project mm. was immense and they felt great about it going back to your point i think if we start marketing some of the esg yeah. people will want to continue of or at least let them market to their friends of do you know what i'm doing do you know how yeah I-
0: and i think it's hard cuz you need to be naturally passionate about yes. these things and tell stories naturally because we're, people don't want to trust oil and gas. No, um, and so unfortunately, the the horrors of what's happening in Ukraine uh, is teaching something we kind of knew. Mm-hmm. We knew that Europe was desperately tied to to Russia, mm-hmm. and most Europeans didn't know. Yep, you know, and they didn't didn't understand that, and um and it brought home a reality we've all known in the energy business: is we are making this world happen. Yeah. You know, and people are are feeling the pain because we've lived uh, a, a very special life, had access to things that that people before us did not have, um, had mobility, had all these things that were that came out of oil and gas. And it's not to beat our chest and say, "Look at us, oil and gas." It's that this is this is life. I mean, going to alternatives to oil and gas is life too. Like we have to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and it's the most important thing on the planet. It's growing society and culture. And I I know when I was in, I just did a tour in Norway and they've been told all bad, all bad, all bad. (laughs) And I'm like, gosh, I mean, one of the world's biggest issues is people still chop down trees to, to get energy. And, and it's quite destructive, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and the truth is very un, un, uh, unhelpful for people with their political agendas but 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 this has been good for society having you know having hydrocarbons has been good is there something better i hope so there's a lot of good things out there that still have to happen um so it's not uh it's not black or white i just think social media has forced us into um thinking a way that is separate from others rather than thinking holistically about mm-hmm. the country and the planet and the and who everyone is. And and I think getting beyond that is part of the message is just saying let's, let's make a difference in the world. And we've always felt like we, I mean, our, our one company statement is we power the industry that powers the world. And and when we did our little meeting on renewables, everyone was like, should we change that to we power the industries? And I was like, no, we, we used it on purpose when we started industry called energy. Mm. And they were like, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> Would you think people will get that and i'm like it, it just is yeah. it just is what we do is we're we're about powering the world. it's what we do
1: yeah, and when you look at the other factors, the external factors, you mentioned the war in ukraine, that's certainly one macro mm. like geopolitical factor. What about government and its role and mm. let's take as an example California and Gavin Newsom you know declaring that California will be you know all e v s by what is it? Twenty thirty-five, I think, sure. with fifty percent by twenty thirty something, and the ten states that are meant to be following fastly mm. on probably you know making the same law.
0: Mm.
1: What impact do you see one on oil and gas industry, but two for you for NOV in particular with respect to that direct declaration and ones like it by government?
0: Um, I think it's okay. Doesn't bother me at all. I'm. I mean, there's there's consequence that. Everyone will see from doing certain things, and they'll have plans, and they'll adjust their plans. And um, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. And I think, I think if people want to start going that direction, and let's see how that plays out. I mean, that's okay. I don't know the answer. There'll, there'll be ups and downs with those strategies. Um, I'm not when there is no chart in the world that projects out some massive decline in oil and gas. Right. But well, my question, so, David,
1: though, is more like, what do you think the role in government being able to shift or, or drive the progress is.
0: Well, it has even oil and gas was driven Mm -hmm. by, by government. don't, don't bring that up. People don't like to think that way, but, but I mean there, there was tax incentives. There was things Mm -hmm. that happened because these are culture developing issues, you know? So I, I think it is their role. I think, um, what I've seen so far is concerning. Scotland's doing great, just so you know. We're, we're diving into deep offshore wind, and, and uh, they're Freedom. moving along. Freedom! No, but <laughs> they... Um, and there's things, and is it a good idea? Gosh, I mean, there's tons of complex issues around it. I mean, we're Some looking at... thinking going on. There is. They're pushing the progress because you have to. And they're... I mean, we're talking, you know, one application, 200 semi-submersibles, yep. you know. Uh, but that's a lot of steel mm-hmm. to to save mm. carbon, you know. Right. And uh, there's just things where you go, well don't, don't be don't be asking, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Right. Um there's there's a lot of things going on and I think it's good for society to push on it. I think sometimes government doesn't let new technology happen as well. So that is an observation I've had is we started working with alternatives to wind and you you better not have an alternative cuz the the drive is bigger turbines. Mm. And um, we're, not, we're not going any other way because it's very government to like, we know it works. We're going to keep growing it. It's going to be big. We can do it. Um, so it's actually, I think, blocking technology. I think people felt that with oil and gas. Like, oh, we've had, we've had the answer to energy for years, but they blocked it because of oil and gas. No, they blocked it because they had an answer. And it's happening now. There's some really good invention. I really think nuclear is fantastic mm-hmm. energy source. And the work that's gone on there, if you've never studied, I recommend everyone does, but it doesn't matter it's still that word you know it's nuclear and people are nervous about it yeah um so i, I it's interesting government and people and and people trying to get voted in for what people believe in and the, everyone's going to become attuned to energy in ways they i wish they didn't have to yeah you know and and we're all going to learn different ways to fix it and i think government has a part but i think what drives government is people and what they think so mm.
1: And speaking of people, Jason, I know we wanted to focus on skills a bit. Um, maybe we could talk just a little bit about if you had to give advice to college students today about if they wanted to play a role in ESG, let's say, at some company, oil and gas or otherwise, You know, do you have any advice for them or any thoughts on kind of what kind of skills um, and focus they might want to have, what kind of jobs they should try to get, um, internships, things like that? I don't know. Have a playlist of Echo
0: and the Bunnymen. That always helps. That would be you that know that helped, It helped me. Still does. I was going to say, <laughs> if you don't know who Echo and the Bunnymen is, you need to. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I studied architecture. You know, um, I think going to college is good for everybody, uh, just in personal discipline. But but I think as you as you go and look at work opportunities, I I, I do think. Gosh, I, I wasn't trying to get into oil and gas at all. I I've had opportunity and pay and didn't plan on staying long, but but I enjoyed the people. Mm. And I, I think um, anything that anyone's learned during this pandemic is the people you're around matter and mm. the kind of life you get to lead matters. And most people didn't come into oil and gas because it had a really good PR machine they came in because it was a good healthy business and looked like a good career and, and I think energy in general is a good career and there's lots of good things to do and it's a competitive market
2: and I'm smiling I've never thought about it like that but I hmm. I, I would say the same thing I stumbled into it yeah working for my father's business was involved hmm. in Aberdeen we did some picking in a, a uh, my father developed a picking um, no, I didn't know he was a farmer a f- farmer <laughs> farmer. F- foreigner farmer <laughs> Burner. Um, Burner. <laughs> Burner. yeah so uh, the he pipelines means pigging, and I just, pigging pipelines I, I yeah. loved it, I really? went I went away from it went into other industries and just found myself coming back, it was fun, there was not yeah, a lot really, of marketing, uh, it's a
0: great point it, 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 wasn't why, it wasn't why we got involved and I, I grew up in Aberdeen and it was an oil town and I did not want to have anything to do with it, I just wasn't very attractive. I went and worked part time jobs in, in BP and other places and I was like I don't know that, I like these people but when I found the company I'm in blew my mind yeah i mean i I did it three interviews and i was like i just wanted the money honestly i'll take a job right now i need to feed my kids um but everyone in 1992 had an apple mac computer on their desk and i'd never seen one before and Mm. i was like what is this madness Mm. do i get one of those and they're like yeah and i'm like i'm in like and this is you'll also get money from the company to have a personal computer at home and i'm like what's a personal computer? What are you talking about? We just didn't, I didn't have access to any of that or think about it, but they were so progressive and so focused on the, the, the welfare of people and the drive and that they were so connected to the workers. I'm like, I love this Mm. and I I haven't left, you know? So I think that's a truth about work is you got to think about people, you know, people you like, what are they doing? Are they, are they having fun doing what they're doing, you know, and, and, and do things you love doing, you know?
2: Are we overthinking this then? I mean, because I, I was going to ask the question, The whole David, show's over. That, <laughs> stop the podcast. Stop it. Well, let's Nothing move it. That's, that's the it's final one. Thank you, rubbish. everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> now, I was just thinking about it. I was going to ask you before you said what you said a couple of minutes ago was, what are you going to do differently at the university or colleges? Are you going to do more? But actually, just chewing on what we've just discussed, Maybe it's more of the same, just being a bit more clearer on what we ask. Cleaning up our act in terms of marketing from the industry of who are we and what are we, and allow the people to come through and att- attract. I've always thought yeah. we need to spend more time. Maybe it's what you just said in terms of our experience wasn't glossy films and come this way here's a yeah. shell bpx on chevron you know slumbers nov mm-hmm. it was stumble into it maybe we do there's, the same thing
0: there's probably social barriers but it, it, everything i've seen ever done in oil and gas trying to convince people something isn't right that they're hearing or isn't true i love telling people about the robots i've worked with all my life because they're like robots don't don't you have like people covered in oil and getting injured mm-hmm. every day and you know just spilling oil into the earth isn't that your job Mm -hmm. and they just have no clue of all the stuff i mean i tell them we we did subsea work at ten thousand feet and we went to see mission to mars and they're like oh tell me about it and you're like they told us we were mad we were going too fast and and we did it and it's amazing we move at great speeds doing wild technical things
2: Mm.
0: and i love it you know and so people are surprised you know and um so i think that's how it works
1: but david the name of the podcast is Energy Workforce of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is an energy workforce of tomorrow? Is that is that a thing?
0: No, you're wasting your time. Um, no, <laughs> again, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That'll be all. Cancel the podcast. No. Um, yeah, of course there what, is. So I think, what's, what's I think, different? I mean, I think the conversations you're having are good. People, not just because it's energy workforce. That's who we are. Yeah. Um, and I think thinking energy workforce the the. I, I, I truly believe this. The people who will solve all the energy issues are going to come out of oil and gas. And, uh, and there's a lot of good that they've learned and done that are going to make the energy transition move faster. So, I mean, you're on the right path. And I think people learning and hearing about people because it's, it's often misunderstood, you know, what are companies like. Um, and there's it's projected through movies and if that's how you learn you know you're you're not learning everything so I think it's good to do I think it's good to talk about and um, we all pour over it and we should think about it and uh, just think about colleges and universities and diversity and yeah all the different things that we had to we got the things we have to pull to make the healthiest possible businesses and be attractive you want to You want to meet someone. You mean me or? Be attractive. The industry. No, I mean, it's simple rules, right? Be attractive. And if you're not, change. You know, maybe you should wash more often. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Again, are you getting feedback from Margaret? Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm actually getting feedback across the table.
2: (laughs) You know, one of the things we talked about, Jerry and I, is we need to think about partnering as well. So you said, talked about your role as looking forward. So how do we all come together and how do we break some of the IP rules and how do we survive as mm. an industry? That's the other thing I've got. There's only going to be a certain amount of skills in this new world, and we're going to be up against challenged industries. If we learn to partner more and do the work, then we could look at sk- pooled skills of specific people to move our industry forward as mm. well. So
0: if you're listening and you're in the legal profession, you can leave now. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> that's our challenge Yes, and the lawyers don't want us to do that but but um, no I think it, it is a future skill it's like understanding how to work with others mm. uh, it's the same as talking about working cross country cross, cross yeah. the world you know that that ability to work and build bonds mm. people people don't do business with companies really they do business with people, people. and uh, as long as you have those skills and you, you learn how to get on with others learn how to work and be curious and Fight your social media because, mm. you know, social media is separating you into two, you know. So you, if you want to just listen to whatever your site is on any subject, yeah. bubble. Uh, don't do it. You know, just just learn to be more diverse in your thinking and with the people you're around and push yourself into yeah. places. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: seems like NOV would have a natural advantage being the conglomerate of individual companies that you are. Ecosystem would be natural for you. Mm. Yeah.
2: Cool, I just want to wrap it up. Jerry, any last sort of comments before I wrap up with David?
1: No, just thanks for joining us again, David. Really appreciate it. Good to see you.
2: Jace, great to see you. Thanks very yeah. much. David, thank you very much. Last question. How do we put a song to Jerry to find out what his age is? He doesn't know Echo and the Hmm.
0: But you need an American song. How do you know I don't know "American Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay, ready. Name one song by Echo and the Man."
1: Echo like and the bunny man go home?
0: Mm, no. That was that was pretty sad. I
2: think that's the end of the show. <laughs> I, I think it's the end of Jerry. I think oh. it's the end. Uh, <laughs> anyway. anyway, anyway thanks, start. guys. David, thank you. See you soon. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. thanks, David.
0: Join us again next week on the Energy Workforce of Tomorrow podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to oggn.com.